So to try to create this, like I said, this time frame, you're trying to put restrictions on something that in its purest form was not meant to have restrictions. That's why we don't have a game clock. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. Here are your hosts, Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. What up, what up, and welcome back to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. This is episode 43. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate, say hello to the people. What's up, Buttercup? So uh, we're sitting here anxiously awaiting the news of JT Real Muto to the Phillies. I know, dude. Pretty exciting. Pretty sure it's probably going to happen as we're recording. So Yeah. I think they have uh I think the Phillies just have to add one more guy that they're sending back. But uh, I think it's pretty much done. Well, at least we'll be in front of it and not having the Yay. episode posted and then he decides to sign 5 minutes shortly after. Here's seems, the real seems truth. To be the trend. Should, should we spit the truth real quick? What's should that? we spit the truth? Lay it on me. If we really were sticking to our schedule of recording last night, we would have we would have kept this streak going of players signing the day we release our episode. That's very true. And then we would have had to talk about it Sunday night. <laughs> and at that point nobody would care. So Yeah. It would have just been weird. It works out. For everybody. It works out. Got a random question for you. How do you feel about Aaron Judge potentially holding down center field for your uh, Bronx Bombers? I'm cool with it, dude. I'm really cool with it actually. He played there um all throughout college, I think. And uh spent a little time in the minor league system. I think he has had some big league innings at center field. Um, the truth is like Aaron Hicks is a great defender, um, coming off a career but, year as well. I might add. Yeah. Like he's a, he is a really good defender. He's got a really good arm, but, uh, you know, if you gotta, if you gotta figure it out for, you know, Bryce Harper, I think that's what he's saying. Like if, if we got to figure it out, I'll do it. I just can't see him going to center. He, to me, he just seems like this too, like too big, too clunky type of guy. I mean, I'm not saying he's not a great athlete, but he just when I think center fielders, I don't think a guy like Aaron Judge. Right. Sure, I understand. And the truth is, like, you gotta you gotta expect the probability of injury to go up, which wouldn't be good because again, you said he's he's big. So you know, I wouldn't be a huge fan, but like then again, if you know, if it makes sense for Bryce Harper to be on the roster, then why not? Which you would much rather have than Manny Machado, so. Trillion percent. Uh, well, speaking of Yankee outfielders, we're going to dive into some baseball history before we get going here. Uh, February 7th, we're going to start off with the year 1940. Uh, Yankees outfielder Joe DiMaggio becomes the first American leaguer to make $100,000 in one season. Hank Greenberg was the first player to make six figures when he accepted the Pirates' offer in 1947 after being waived by the Tigers. So, Joe D. collecting a big check for uh, their standard back in the day. Uh, lifestyle. 1987, for only the second time since the implementation of the rule, a player is forced to take less due to salary arbitration when Dodger pitcher Oral Hershiser Signs for 800000 a 20% pay cut. After winning the Cy Young and leading the team to the World Series Championship the next year, the right-hander will become the highest-paid player in the Major League. So, little change in fortune for old Oral Hershiser. <laughs> Going from eight hundred k to the highest-paid player in baseball. So Yeah, yikes. Big time for Oral. Uh, 2009, I figured you would appreciate this one. And I didn't put this... Because of the nature of the content, it was just because we were, I was getting to the bottom of the, the history list and we're running low on good stuff. So I figured uh, we'll just close it out with this one. 2009, the Sports Illustrated website reports that Alex Rodriguez is one of the 104 players who tested positive for steroids in 2003. <laughs> the testing, which was intended only to determine the extent of steroid use by players at the time, 
revealed the Ranger shortstop was using Primobilin. I guess that's how you pronounce it. Primobilin. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Uh, An anabolic substance. So I think at that point, the rest was uh, downhill for old A-Rod. Yeah. And what's even more awkward is that 2009, he ended up tearing it up in the playoffs for the first time. Yeah, so he uh, just, got, got the monkey off his back a little bit. Yeah, but who knows? Not not in a fair way of doing it. Jerk. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that wraps up my three bullet points. Nothing groundbreaking. Nothing like your, uh, what was it, the one from last week, playing baseball on a frozen playing on, lake. Playing on a frozen pond with ice skates. Nothing. Is there anything cooler than that? Nothing like that. With spectators, nonetheless. I mean, you're not out there 10, just playing 000. a pickup game. 10,000 spectators watching. <laughs> Still don't know how that ice didn't collapse, but. Yeah, good turnout. But, uh, yes, great turnout. But anyway, it wraps up baseball history, so I figured we could dive right into the, what seems to be the relatively hot topic around the baseball world, the proposed rule changes from the recent meeting between the league and the union. Um, starting off here, right out of the gate, a three batter minimum for pitchers. What is your what is your initial thought on that? Uh, I'm okay with it actually. I'm okay with it, and it's I know what they're trying to do. Like they're trying to speed up the game, and they're trying to limit the amount of pitching changes. Um, I will add that this was suggested by the league. I will clarify for all of these rule changes whether it was the league or the union. This was. Uh, one of the league's ideas. Yeah. Uh, here's where I think it's, and we'll get into it later. When your rosters expand uh, in September for September call-ups, um, it gets out of hand. Those games get crazy long because now like a manager just has whatever, you know, matchup he wants basically. And so, you can go lefty-righty for the last three innings, adding an extra hour and a half to the game because, you know, commercial breaks and warming up in between innings, like all that stuff. So I like, see what they're doing of trying to speed up the game that way. But I think I, – I don't know if it will go through just because it's too big of an advantage for the offense. I mean, my thoughts on it are that, yeah, I see that definitely shortening the game. Um, but with the lefty specialist essentially being eliminated, it kind of changes the game in more ways than just the length of it. So I don't, I don't really know how to feel about it. I think initially got reaction. I'm all for it, but then obviously there's more, there's more aspects of it that you have to take into account. Um, but it's worth noting that the union didn't exactly oppose the idea. Um, but they had asked that such an implementate implementation could be delayed until 2020 rather than trying to implement it in 2019 as the league originally wanted to do. So I don't know. It's yeah. Which is interesting uh, because like, imagine if you're a big league club who just signed a specialist, who just signed a guy that's like, I'm bringing this guy in for lefty lefties. Right. And now we find out that, like, yeah, so I like the idea of pushing it back a year. Yeah, I I don't know. To me, it doesn't seem to be as one of the most controversial ones. I mean, it's definitely definitely intriguing. And it's yeah. it's more interesting to me, probably, that the union didn't uh, – they weren't necessarily against it. Because usually on stuff like this, you, you hear about relatively strong disagreement between the two, but – uh, according to sources, apparently they're they're okay with it. They just want to give it some time, which I think is a good idea. Uh, the next one, Universal DH. I know we've talked about this a number of times on here, uh, but remind me and the people your thoughts on the Universal DH. It's finally happening, buddy. It's finally happening. It is a joke to watch hit, uh, pitchers try to hit and run the bases. And it's super embarrassing when you see the Little League move where they give a coat to the pitcher while he's running base. Like, come on, stop. The guy shouldn't be out there. Um, 
if I think the first move was at least to get them off the bases and do like, I know it sounds little league, but do a courtesy runner for the pitchers. <laughs> um, time blue time courtesy runner for the pitcher. <laughs> but takes me, uh, takes me I back. guess it's cool. It's cool, man. Let's go straight to the, let's go straight to the DH. Yeah, the union, um, unions advocating for 2019 implementation. Uh, so they're trying to get after it here. Uh, but I, did. I mean, if if you're gonna go for interleague play, if they like interleague play, let's just go universal DH. You know what I mean? I hate interleague play. I just thought I'd throw that out there. That's what I'm saying. But the, you know they love it. You know the league loves it. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense to me. But I, I have to say, I can't be too against it because I'm trying to come out to Colorado to watch the Sox <laughs> and Rockies. So if you're gonna do anything with interleague play, at least wait till 2020 until I can get out to Coors Field. Um, but I did have a little story. Did you know Did you know about the whole fishing story with the designated hitter from the 1970s? Did you know about this? Uh, it sounds familiar. That the designated hitter was almost a thing. So I'm paraphrasing from an article that I read yesterday. But uh, apparently in the, mid, in the mid-70s, after the American League had introduced the DH, and again, I'm paraphrasing, uh, the National League met to decide whether they too would use it. There were 12 teams in the league at the time, and a simple majority vote was all that was needed for passage. Six teams were for it, four were against it, and the final two teams to vote were the Phillies and Pirates. The Phillies knew the Pirates would vote however they voted. Phillies owner Rudy Carpenter wanted the DH, and Carpenter goes fishing. When the measure comes up for a vote... A slight change was made saying the DH would not go into effect for at least a year. The Phillies representative who was there for the vote wanted to contact his boss and ask if this changed his position on the DH. But because it's the 70s, tracking someone down who had gone fishing (laughs) was next to impossible. So the Phillies abstained. The Pirates, following orders, did as well. And the vote for the DH would end up as 6-4-2. The owners never brought it to a vote again. So, so close. If he does, if if homeboy doesn't go fishing, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. So, sounds so irresponsible. Honestly, it does. Like, don't go fishing until you've got all your business tied up. Like, I get you have people <laughs> going on behalf of you, but like, you need to be readily available. This isn't 2019. You can't just like shoot him an iMessage like. This is on you. It's all on you. Imagine, imagine our, our life, our whole life would have been known as, ah, you remember those idiots had no DH back in the NL. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to be known as up. this. I don't want to be known as that as that generation. But unfortunately, we're kind of by default. We're kind of that that label has been attached to us. But we have a chance to change here. We have a very prime opportunity to make the change and the union is all for it so you said they're pushing it for the union wants to do it yeah they want it they want it this year like they're not playing apparently this was one of the ones that they were not playing around with like they want they want this implemented as soon as possible and as i've made very clear too big yeah i don't know that's that is a lot because that changes so much. Like, it changes, again, it changes free agency like crazy. Like, imagine all the teams that either have a right fielder or a shortstop in the NL that have said, no thanks, to Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. But if they had a DH, would be like, oh, let's do it. You never know. That's a good thought. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I... As a fan, I would love to see it implemented as soon as possible, but I do understand, like you said, that it changes more than just the the yeah. nine like man lineup. Least, it, it's also weird that this is happening so late in the off season. Yeah, well, I mean, the timing of it doesn't necessarily concern me, but it's the fact that they want to implement it so soon. Like, like I don't know, I don't know how often the league and the and the union meets. Or like when they're supposed to regularly meet throughout the year, but like the fact that they're trying the the fact that this conversation took place this late and they're trying to implement it so soon that that's yeah. the part that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Well, I feel like we've made our opinions clear on the <laughs> DH. Moving on to the next one. Uh, a single trade deadline before the All-Star break. This was also suggested by the union. Uh, among the union's ideas was a single trade deadline before the All-Star break. Sources said, currently the non-waiver trade deadline is July 31st, and players who pass through waivers can be dealt until August 31st. Uh, so basically what this is trying to do is emphasize the first half. How do you feel about this? No, stupid, horrible. Really? Uh, I'm cool with, I'm cool with the idea of a single trade deadline. No more the post deadline stuff, but you can't make it before the all-star break. There's so much still up in the air and you really, I mean, you really have no idea what kind of team you are yet. Okay, so your your concern more so is the timing of it, not the fact, not the actual concept of a single trade deadline. Correct. Okay, I I thought it was the other way around. I was like, man, I definitely would have thought you would have been all for it. No, let's do it. But I would say probably put it in between that July. What is it? July thirty first and August thirty first. Yeah. Put it in the middle of August, and I'm good. You can't do it before the before the All Star break. I don't understand why we just don't have a single trade deadline where it is now why not just keep it july 31st and not have any of this post trade deadline nonsense take place afterwards yeah am i just thinking too simply like maybe maybe that's too simple-minded but i don't understand why we can't just leave it where it is and then just cut out all the post deadline nonsense yeah it makes no yeah i agree it is annoying um but before the All-Star break, man, that's so weird. I just I can't early. see it. It's really early. I did like, um, we kind of talked about it off off air, uh, I think last time we chatted, but the whole idea that uh, John Smoltz had an idea basically that you create a first half division winning team and a second half division winning team. Basically, you're splitting it up into two regular seasons, and which is a wild proposal, I might add. Crazy, crazy, <laughs> and your postseason stays the same. So, like, um, you know, say the Nationals win the East in the first half of the season, and and in the second half of the season they get a bye. But if they don't win the second half, then they got to play the team that played uh, that won the second half. So, like, I think it would be. I think it'd be kind of cool, but that would make sense, maybe. But like, I I don't know. I I don't see this this trade deadline going through because it, it's it puts too much pressure on on the first half. Yeah, but I think part of why they would want to implement that is because there's so many people around the baseball community that thinks that the first half is just either boring, useless, like fill in whatever adjective you want but i think the purpose of this is trying to kind of maybe it is maybe it isn't i don't know i'm just guessing maybe this is like their attempt of trying to like incorporate some excitement into the first half or like incorporate some meaning i guess is the better word and i mean whatever i, I can't disagree with them like i don't like it but i, do, yeah. I don't like it the truth is i don't I... like it either but when it gets to the all-star break, I'm like, oh, man, we're almost halfway through. That's how I feel. I'm like, I don't, I'm not excited that the first half is over. Technically, it's a little more than halfway, right? I think they make the all-star break a little bit later. Yeah, it's not. But, yeah, it's more than half. But either way, I'm like, oh, man, I'm bummed. We just cruise through the first half. That's what I'm going to feel in a few months. Not that, wow, that really... It really took them some time to get here. I don't care about that. I'm a I, true fan. How do you feel about it, Nate? I'm a true fan. Uh, I'm, move, I'm excited about baseball. Moving on here. Uh, I don't even want to spend any time on this because it's an absolute joke. 20-second pitch clock proposed, as you would guess, by the league. Just trash. You don't like it? No, I think it's the worst idea ever. I hate the 20-second pitch clock more than the, the whole instant replay thing. I'm actually okay with the 20-second pitch clock. I think it's... I just... I don't see the point in it. Like, how much time are you really saving with that? 
I feel like there's a number in the league's head that a game, like the, the length of a game should last. There's a number that they're trying to get to, and I don't know what it is. I would but love to I know what that number is. It, it won't save that much time because it's like, uh, what will this, this will save you like seven minutes at the end of this whole day. You know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah, and I mean, baseball games are so fickle in their nature and just in terms of like things that can happen that you can't anticipate or expect. So it's like to try to create this cookie cutter time frame for a baseball game. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. That's not how baseball was designed to like function or operate. So to try to create this, like I said, this time frame, you're trying to put restrictions on something that in its purest form was not meant to have restrictions. That's why we don't have a game clock. So right. trying to put like little, trying to implement little pitch clocks or in between inning clocks or whatever. It to me, it doesn't make like, you're not saving that much time. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I can't say I'm just, I'm not against it, but I, I see what you're saying. Um, moving on here, expansion of rosters to 26 men with a 12 pitcher maximum. This was proposed by the union. Uh, as also, I think in that same thing, they wanted to cut the playoff roster, right? I think I saw something about that. Yeah. The um, trimming, they want to trim the, the September call up from 40 to 28. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, it's right. shopping out a lot. Yeah. I, what, what are they doing? What is the um, point of having one more guy? Uh, well, the fact of the matter is such an idea would create 30 openings at the major league level. So I'm sure there's some minor leaguers that would uh, be jumping at that opportunity should that be implemented. But it sounds like you already feel a certain way about this. So expand on that. If you're going to do it, make it, just make it 30. Like Make it 30 year-round. Don't go to 26, and then you can add two more guys for the playoff. Like, stop. Just either, either if you want extra guys in, in the clubhouse, give them extra guys. Don't break it up to where all of a sudden you expect this, you know, minor leaguers to come up at the end of their season and come up and and have any effect. Like, stop. Like, if you if they if they belong up there, create enough room for them to be up there. I get what they're doing. Like I understand the the idea of. I mean, we talked about it with the September call-ups, like trimming down the the pitching changes and the and all that stuff. Just leave it the way it is. If you want more guys in the squad, let them have them. Can't say I disagree with you on that one. Uh, the next one here: the draft advantages for winning teams and penalties for losing teams. This was also suggested by the union. Uh, basically, the the union is interested in changing, uh, or interested in changes rather that would use draft picks to incentivize winning and grant players the ability to earn additional service, which then could allow them to hit free agency earlier, and theoretically counteract what the union believes is the manipulation of service times by teams. Um, kind of continuing on the the. Uh, incentives for the winning and losing teams um, or penalties rather for losing teams, low revenue teams that succeed, whether by finishing above 500 or making the playoffs would be giving greater draft positions or bonus pools under the union's proposal. What so, if you're just legitimately bad? Like what if you're, what if your team just, it really is bad. They're not trying to tank. They just suck. Um, and you're, you're cutting You're cutting out any future of them getting better. This sounds like an NFL, NBA thing, not an MLB thing. Honestly, for how much draft picks change, how much players move around, like I don't think it's really that big of a deal for MLB. Yeah, I don't know. That was an interesting one. I feel like I'd have to read more into that to kind of get a better idea because apparently the penalties um, are like kind of what that would entail hasn't been made clear yet, or at least it hasn't surfaced to the the public knowledge yet so i don't know i don't know how in-depth those conversations were about penalties it sounds like this wouldn't be something that would be implemented for at least a while so the conversations prop between the league and the union probably didn't get too far um but uh 
the next one, a rule that would allow two sport amateurs to sign major league contracts also suggested by the union. So this is kind of in the theme of the Kyler Murray fiasco that we're seeing here. What are your thoughts? I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. The truth is, um, I unfortunately only ever played baseball. I played one year of basketball when I was eight. And that was back when the courts were like carpet. I played once when I was 10. So does this mean I'm more of an advanced basketball player than you are? We'll see. We'll take it to the court. I was playing at a higher level than you. We'll take it to the court. Michael Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But the other episode's great. Catch you on Um, the flippity flip. Um, (laughs) I think think it's great. I think it, you know, there's, there's always that conversation where a player eventually needs to choose, right? Like they eventually, and I've always had that talk at like, Unless you're going to be a dual sport athlete in college, time to choose by like junior year of high school. Um, now I feel like that helps that conversation. It sucks. It sucks for those guys that are really good at two sports to have to choose. I don't think it should happen. I mean, remember Dave Winfield? That dude was drafted in all three. Yep. So I say it's it's good. It's a good thing. Next one here is a study to lower the mound. Not sure, again, not sure how far the conversations got with this because this sounds like something that would um, take a while to implement. But apparently the league wants, or Manfred rather, wants to implement this by 2020. So not like you would think it wouldn't be a huge deal, but I mean, is it? I don't think so. Like altering the height of the mound? I don't know. I'm not a pitcher. I don't think it would be a huge deal. But because, I mean, studies have shown that the, the – the, you know, I, we grew up hearing for pitchers, like, keep the ball down, keep the ball down, work down, right? But the batting average for hitters has gone up because of this launch angle stuff, of them trying to lift the ball. Balls down are being handled better. So I, I feel like the downward angle of the mound isn't really the issue here. It's it's the fact that hitters can't handle the ball up like they used to. Yeah. And so I, I don't see what the big deal is here. You know what I mean? Like It's not like pitchers are dominating with the ball down. And that's what a mound helps you do. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like a physicist by any means but to me if i'm looking if i'm looking from the side like off to the side if i'm looking at a mound and a home plate and i'm watching a pitcher throw if the pitcher is lower then that's going to be bringing in the ball at a less steep angle naturally and to me again not a physicist but to me this kind of lessens the the hitter's chance especially like you said with this launch angle stuff like if yeah. they're trying to I'm trying to visualize it here like if they're trying if they're taking just these massive cuts at a relatively steep angle because the ball's not coming in as, as steep of an angle they're not going to have the ability to meet the ball on that on that plane as long right am, am I sure. am I am I making sense It'll but, change swings, that's for sure. Yeah, so because the ball is coming in at a less steep angle, the the window of contact, I guess you could say, between these massive cuts with launch angle and a yeah. ball coming in at a less steeper angle, like I said, the window just becomes smaller. So I don't know how that would affect offensive numbers over the over the course of time, but... I'd be interested to see what this uh, so-called would, study finds. I think it would flatten out swings. Yeah. And therefore, the ball doesn't leave the park. So, I'm not sure what they're trying to accomplish here. It really yeah, doesn't which doesn't, in, doesn't that go away from like what they're trying to accomplish with offensive numbers and trying to put butts in seats? Like if you're just right, if you're making right. this a, if you're making this a small ball game again, then it's like. You're kind yeah. of going against everything that you've tried. You've tried to promote. So, 
And again, I might be way off on all the science of this. As I said, not a physicist, but to me, that's kind of, that's how it makes sense to me. And I, I don't think that I'm wrong on that in terms of the angles and all that, but maybe somebody, somebody knows otherwise, please inform me. But to me, just wait, just common, wait for the comment section. Oh, no doubt. You'll be no doubt. But to me, the common sense just tells me that you kind of cut back on the offensive numbers if you lower the mound, but maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, let's talk about something that we actually do a little know. We know a little <laughs> more about uh, the spring training hats for 2019. Any uh, any initial reactions to what you saw on the on the article I sent you? Uh yeah, a couple couple sweet ones. Um, what well, we got the the Mariners have a new one. I believe so. Um, I believe they altered that a little bit. The yeah, Nationals more Nationals is hand. fire. Yeah, Nationals one is sweet. Um, there was one more that was a big change, right? The A's. The A's, yeah. The A's going the A's back just, with the hundred year old logo. Yeah. Clean. Looking looking clean. Very clean. I like that one. I gotta say, um, I'm a fan of the new the like actual spring training logos with like the cactus and the palm tree with not a bunch of like excess crap. text and all that stuff. Like it's just very it's a very clean look. Yeah, straightforward. And I like it too. And it's one of those things too where you can wear that for like ever because I mean obviously if if you be if you're super familiar with spring training logos, you'll know which which year that correlates with. But otherwise, to the average person, they're not going to know like which year it is. So to me, it has more right. of like a, a lasting like effect, I guess you could say, because it doesn't say like oh spring training 2019, which I kind of like. I'm so. not gonna lie, dude. I'm not gonna lie. The Rockies one is still one of my favorites. Yeah, I met, I feel like you and I had talked about that recently. The about, state flag yeah, in I mean, the that's mountains. A, that's a clean look. Yeah, that is sweet. Um, one one of them I don't like. I've never liked the White Sox one. I do not like that one. I feel like that's a very polarizing hat. I feel like people either love it or they hate it because it's got just little, kind of like that retro look to it. A little stick man guy. I don't like it. One that I'm not a fan of, I have to say, is the Braves hat. Probably just because the logo is so massive, or at least it appears that way. Yeah. Like, why do you need the logo that big? It doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Um, yeah. trying to look here. The Royals is pretty pretty nice. Got the crown on top. Uh, some of them didn't change much. The Reds, I believe, had that. They've had that for a little while. Yeah. Um, Man. The Let's Orioles. I love how the Orioles. I love the like retro bird. Or, yeah, the bird's awesome. I feel like they have a they have a number of phases of the bird. Like he's definitely evolved over the years. And I'd, to be honest with you, I'm not sure which which era that particular bird was from. But that's just a good looking hat. The regular season hat where they uh, it, it's it's got that bird, but then it's got the white front and the rest is black. Yeah, isn't it like a it's like a tri panel hat or whatever they're called? Where yeah, it's got yeah, like yeah. The, the, where the front is white. Yeah, clean. yeah, yeah. Um, um, any other ones? Do you like the Giants gray one? Uh, I mean, I'm okay with it. I'm not like completely against it. It's obviously not one of. I'm. I won't say it's one of their best I've ever seen, but. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess for spring training, why not? Like, if you're gonna experiment with colors and schemes, why not do it spring training? See if something yeah. can catch on. Um, but other than that, I would say I know I mentioned the Nationals. The Nationals is probably my favorite. Like that is just. With the Capitol Dome in the back, that is just a, I can't disagree a, with you, a buddy. clean hat. And I might be a little biased because I just got done watching Designated Survivor, so I might be a little biased towards the <laughs> <laughs> Capitol Dome. Uh, I keep getting bugged about that show. I think I need to start it just so we need can talk to start about it. it. It's, a, it's a great show. There's only two seasons out right now. I think the third one's coming out. I know we mentioned it on here before. Um, but yes, just a great hat. And I'm, again, I'm also probably biased because for like 21 years of my life, I lived about 30 minutes from DC. So, um, I'd say for the most part, just some, some clean hats this year. Marlins coming Marlins out. Marlins are new. Marlins debuting their, their, uh, new look. 
the Brewers with the ever classic, arguably one of the greatest logos in baseball. The M glove. I love that thing. I do not like the yellow. Yeah, it's that's that's a little too bold, honestly. It's too much. Yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily a bold yellow. It's just too much of it, which is it's a little overwhelming. Yeah, um, that logo is perfect. The logo is perfect. I'm not gonna lie; it took me years to realize that it was an M and a B. I was just like, "Oh, they have a baseball glove on there. That's pretty cool." So, I'm ashamed to admit that. It, Whoa! It took me for a long time. Please tell me you knew that. I did not know it was a B. I knew it was an M. Yeah, it's an M and a B. <laughs> I just thought it was like an M, and it was made to look like a glove. Oh, man, it's an M and a B, Milwaukee Brewers. Whoa, mind blown. I'll never look at this thing the same <laughs> Mind <way>. hole blown. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's crazy, I'm an man. idiot. It's crazy. I'm an idiot. I think I remember seeing it on one of those articles where it was like, logos you'll never look at the same way again, where it's like the FedEx <laughs> logo and it has like the arrow in between yeah. the, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Like the, the yeah. arrow and the logo. <laughs> And then, like, apparently the Wendy's logo, like the fast food chain, apparently yeah. it says um, it says mom on her collar. Like, if you pull it up. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah it says, like, it says like mom. It's, like, M-O. And then, like, the O is a little button. Because apparently there was some connect, some story about, I think it was Dave. Dave is, like, the owner, right? This guy, the guy's name is Dave. Apparently some story about him and his mom. Yeah, Dave Thomas. Um like him and his daughter or something. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, I think I saw it in one of those articles and I was just like, I can never look at this logo the same again. <laughs> but, the uh, Brewers swept me away. There you go. Um, but anyway, about wraps up that. It wasn't even, I don't even think any news about these hats dropped. I just was kind of browsing, browsing the web as I do from time to time. And I came across the spring training hats. I'm like, why didn't we hear about any of these hats? Apparently the the Nationals dropped that hat in like I think it was like November or something. Like not too long after the season ended. So they apparently had been on board with this design for a while. So So swaggy. So swaggy. Um but yeah, that pretty much wraps up that. Moving on to our final topic of the day. Didn't even tell you what it was. I wanted to surprise you, catch you off guard oh, a little bit. I'm nervous. I want to talk about something that you just absolutely hate talking about, and that is no! Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. We're gonna do a little, gonna do a little game show, right? So I'm gonna ask you a bunch of questions, a series of questions, if you will, a combination of over unders, fill in the blanks, and other assorted predictions. And uh, I just want to get your take on them, see, see kind of where your head's at. So, oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna have music playing. I'm gonna add some yes. music. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, as I said, it's going to be a series of questions. Can we have crowd cheering and booing? Probably mostly booing. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see these takes and they're probably going to (laughs) be as, as a number of our followers say, they're probably going to be trash takes from Nate. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think I've got like 15 or so here. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to go through these and I'm going to see, what kind of takes you got? So, starting us off here. First question. Over under $250 million deal for Manny Machado. Initially, at the beginning of the offseason, I said over, but I'm taking the under now. Wow. Yeah. Uh, same for Harper, but for him, we're going to go over under $300 million for Bryce Harper. I'm going to say over. So it's very clear we like Bryce Harper and we do not like Manny Machado. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being not at all and 10 being extremely, how noteworthy is the San Francisco Giants slash Bryce Harper buzz? Just uh, just made made news, I guess, yesterday, right? I'm going to go with a 3. 3. Care to expand on that at all? or um, just, just, doesn't, I... just doesn't excite you? doesn't get you going. I don't see him going there. Well, um, well, let me add a little something here. The Giants have uh, a big need for an outfielder. Apparently, do you, you want to know who their five players are that are in the mix right now? 
Do you even we know? Get... Do you even know any of these names? Stephen Duggar, Chris Shaw, Mac Williamson, Austin Slater, and Drew Ferguson. Nate, I can, can, I, can I tell you something? I've not heard one of those names. Can I before. can I tell you something? Among those, William Mac Williamson's 120 career games, career games, <laughs> are the most of any of those guys. Yeah, no, never heard of any of them. Um, I say three because I don't see him seriously thinking about going there. It's not they're not a contender. Um, if you're gonna go to the NL West, you might as well go to LA. You know what I mean? It, I I don't see that happening. Sorry. Moving on, the belief that Manny Machado is holding out on signing with the hope that the Yankees will return to the forefront is blank. True. You really think he's trying to make his way up to the Bronx? Yeah. He's made it clear that he wants to go there. And I think I think because he's not going to get over $250 million, that the whatever the Yankees offer that they probably slid on a little piece of paper over to his agent says somewhere in like a two to three year deal obviously not reaching 250 mil probably if he did that'd be more. wild <laughs> yeah. two, probably year, average two year 250 million dollar deal <laughs> uh just a quick like 82 mil a year no biggie um yeah i think uh i think he is hoping for that i think he's hoping for that i think he's fishing for a bigger longer contract um, and I'm sure the Yankees are like, yeah, we're going to give you three years and probably going to give you $28 million a year. That's what I think. So I know that they said they haven't made an official offer, but I think that's what they have on the table. That's what they have in their head. And I don't think they're going to budge from that. And I think, uh, I think Machado is just kind of, you know, playing the field a little. Continuing on, in no more than five words, the headline, Manny Machado signs mega deal with the Yankees, makes you feel blank. Nauseous. Wow, only needed one word. <laughs> uh, I kind of anticipated that being the the sentiment from you. Uh, moving on, Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper surfacing in a recent video with an apparent clean shave makes you think blank. Uh, that his wife got tired of the beard I, I really I'm so sick of every time he shaves every time he shaves yeah, oh, like, he's going to the Yankees yeah is the Shut man not up. allowed to practice like good hygiene just keeping his <laughs> face clean like get off his back yeah good lord who knows maybe he had like maybe he had some super nice event that he was that he was speaking at and he wanted to shave well, Who cares? well to be fair harper has been his presence has been requested at a number of premier events and he has arrived with just the full-on beard so i don't know if that's necessarily it but maybe this one was classy maybe yes maybe it was a little more classy uh percent chance that bryce harper signs to play another position besides right field uh 25% uh, over under 50% Manny Machado chases the money instead of a ring over over under 50% Bryce Harper chases the money instead of a ring mm. there's a right answer here Nate over nope I don't, th <laughs> I don't think he will to be honest with you I would go maybe like 48% but I really okay. I really think he wants that ring I, really I agree. Do. It's it's not it's not drastically over, but uh, it, there's a difference because like I think if he were to go to the Phillies, I don't think the Phillies have a chance to win a ring this year. But I think like they're making great progress, and he would kind of be the face of that franchise of turning the corner. So eventually, I think he would get his ring. You I don't, think, don't think you don't think the Phillies stand a chance this year? I think they stand a chance. I just don't see them winning a ring. I mean, assuming they get real Muto here in the next, like, five minutes, as we're anticipating, and they were to add Harper as well, you don't think they can do it? 
maybe. I don't know. I'm not entirely sold on Real Muto, honestly. Fair enough. That's another. I'm not like. I'm not on that bandwagon. File yet. that under Nate's. I don't. I just. Fire and that's takes. just like me not knowing enough about him, just because no, he's no, been tucked away in Miami forever. That's fair. Like we don't, I, we don't pretend to be. Yeah, we don't pretend to be know-it-alls here. So I respect. Yeah. I respect the honesty. Um, moving on on a scale of one to ten, with one being not at all, ten being extremely. How interested are you in Bryce Harper's February third tweet that simply said, "quote loading dot dot dot." One. Figured. <laughs> yeah, you should. If you haven't, if you haven't looked, you need to go look at the replies to that tweet. People are just like, "Dude, nobody cares. Like, figure <laughs> it out." Just, um, just sign already. It that was hilarious. Uh, all right, the friend and family ties that Manny Machado has to the White Sox gives them blank advantage. Some examples for answers could be none, some, a lot, and full. So, this is another example of chasing the money over rings. Um, I don't believe they're, they're the weird stuff we went through a few weeks ago about well, this was their official offer, and then their agent was like, no, 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 they're, they're offering us way more money, I swear. And so I don't know what's going on money-wise there, but this would be a classic example of him going there, getting the money, and them not really doing anything in that division. So you think that's literally the only enticing aspect of the White Sox is the fact that he is related and has friends? Money and that friends. Yeah. All right. Uh, percent chance Bryce Harper and Manny Machado end up wearing their next team's hats into Cooperstown. So there's a lot of there's a lot at play here. You have to consider whether you think they're going to be there for like a one year deal and then move to another city, uh, or if you think they're going to be there long enough, or if they're going to be good enough at, oh. at said location. Manny. I'm going to go with 20%. Because I believe he was in Baltimore for seven years. Might be off on that by a year. I think he was there for Bryce, seven years. You, Bryce, said, you said 20 gonna, for Manny? Yeah. Bryce, I'm going to go 40%. Solid answers. Uh, let's see. Got three more here. Of the two, blank gives their team a better chance at winning the World Series next year. Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. Not even close. Not even close. I and can't I don't say think, disagree. I don't think. I mean, we watched Manny Machado, the, you know, getting slid over to the Dodgers last year, and I don't. He didn't really make that big of a difference. So, can't say I disagree with you. Uh, the fact that we're basically days away from pitchers and catchers reporting and neither have signed yet makes you feel, in a word, blank. Annoyed. Can't say I disagree with you there either. <laughs> Lastly, the percent chance either signs before the next episode of the 3 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball, is what? 5%. Wow. You got it. I mean, the next next episode's going up Monday, so that's what Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They got three days. You don't think nothing? Any, you don't think anything's happening in three days? Nope. All right. Well, that wraps up our uh, game show. Hope you had fun. I know I did. I I thoroughly enjoyed springing that on you last minute. I didn't even let you know before we hopped on the air what I was going to be doing. I actually feel a little better about it. I, I feel I feel like I did okay. You did great, man. For not knowing what we were doing, you uh, gave some pretty good insight. No, uh, I'm trash. Never mind. Mo- yeah. Just- <laughs> Hashtag trash takes. Um, all right. Moving on to best and worst, something we haven't done in what seems like forever, but I think it's only been a week. Uh, or No. No, it has been over a week because we, I don't think we had anything last Thursday. So it's been over a week since we've done best and worst. Uh, this segment is going to be stances as suggested by the listeners. Uh, so originally I was going to go, I think I thought originally we'd agreed on current day stances, but you 
in your struggle to find any had to expand it to all time. So my picks are yep. from guys that are currently playing uh, and yours are all time. So lead us off with, uh, let's go best. Um, my only current player, one of my best ones. Uh, I didn't want to throw him on the list because I, I don't like talking about him anymore that much. But Robinson Cano, um, pretty simple, pretty swaggy in the box. Just kind of chills. He's super calm. Everything is just slow and smooth. Um, yeah, I like that one. He would probably be my – I was thinking about that earlier today. He, I wanted to put him on the list, but he's probably going to be like my honorable mention. Uh, yeah. Leading us off for best, I've got Josh Donaldson. There's something yeah. about there's there's something about his stance that to me just like like if you look at it, you can tell that he's just packing punches. Like he just looks like this spring that's all coiled up, just ready to launch. And as we've seen, the guy can hit a baseball a mile. So that would probably be my first pick. Very fair. Very fair. Uh, oh, I lied. What am I? I'm an idiot. Uh, I have two current players. There's probably um, a lot of listeners out there that agree with you, but continue. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, this guy doesn't have a team yet, though. Uh, Carlos Gonzalez, come on. So much swag in the box. How does I this mean, guy just, not have a job? I don't understand. I don't get it either. Just super chill, just a little bounce. I'm actually like recreating it while I'm talking to you right now. Like He's just like bouncing on the shoulder. Kind of rocks back and forth. Oh man, beautiful! I'm I'm really disappointed in myself. I I left him off the list. <laughs> I, no, you know what happened? I think when I was coming up with my list, I was like, I had him on best swing, so I was just like, I'll try to be a little more. I'll try to expand yeah. my my selections here. Uh, this one I can promise you is going to catch you off guard. You were probably not anticipating me selecting this as my number two. But I'm going to actually, no, not number two. I didn't put these in order, but he's just my next guy. Um, Alex Bregman. Hate the guy. Hate the guy. I just think he's a total tool. No news here. I know that's not groundbreaking. Uh, But his stance to me is just, and again, I feel like I need to give a disclaimer here. There's, as I was telling you, Nate, there's 750 Major League Baseball players (laughs) <laughs> all of which presumably have a stance, even if they're pitchers, like they, they know how to swing a baseball bat. Yeah. So there's really no right or wrong answers here because there's 750 to choose from. So again, there's no right or wrong answers. This is more of like a preference thing. Uh, but for me, I'm going Alex Bregman. Uh, Cause he just has like a, to me, it's just really compact and you can tell he's just ready to ready to attack the ball. So not much there for me, reason wise, but I just like his stance. Very fair. Uh, I think we're noticing a trend in my guys. I like calm, cool, collected in the box. My best stance has to go to Chipper Jones. Same thing. Pretty upright, slightly open stance. Uh, just kind of bounces off the shoulder a little bit. Stays pretty calm. The little, the little tap, little step back tap. Then he goes forward with the load. Mm, man, so pretty. That is a excellent choice, and I think for me, I'm gonna close this out here with probably my favorite of all time. Well, I won't say all time, but one of my favorite of, of recent memory, uh, Evan Longoria. He's got all that right, like open. He, oh my gosh, I just I love it. His swing was one that I would try to emulate in college, just because it was one of those things that I would experiment with when I was slumping. Which I feel like all baseball players try to change things up from time to time when they're slumping, which yeah. isn't necessarily the right answer. I feel like sometimes it's just a mental thing and changing up yeah. uh, mechanics isn't exactly the answer. But anyway, uh, it's just like I said, it's that open stance, and it's just. It's so smooth when he just falls into his swing. It's just right. so effortless, and I I just love it. It's one of my favorites. But that's all I got for best. Moving on to why worst. Don't, uh, why, don't, why don't you start us off with worst? Because I feel like because my list is all-time, guys, I feel like mine's going to win. 
So why don't you go first? Yeah, you have like infinite more options to choose from. <laughs> so I would I would hope that you'd win. Uh, surprisingly, and this this might upset a lot of people, in terms of stance, Albert Pujols, one of the worst stances I've ever Funky. seen. Funky. It's so, which, I mean, props to him. It works, and obviously he's one of the best hitters of our generation. Uh, but it just looks extremely uncomfortable and extremely robotic, which if you're a hitter, robotic, I guess, in a way, like to a certain degree is good because you want to be able to repeat your mechanics, but doesn't change the fact that it just looks terrible. So, Yeah, looks weird. Uh, Sorry, buddy. Kevin Euclid. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I think it's terrible. <laughs> what are we doing? What 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 was that? What were you thinking? Were you trying to show bunt and then it just turned into let's turn this into our stance? I'm not sure what that was. Super weird. But uh, the guy got on base. So, you know, you can only, can only trash him so much. Aside from the hand placement, we can't forget like the little bounce he had. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? How he would like. His feet were super close. It was very strange. Um, my next one here, Evan Gaddis. I love the guy, oh, but it's just an extremely unathletic, unconventional <laughs> stance. But to be fair, his whole career has pretty much been unconventional. I mean, <laughs> the guy was a janitor, so I mean, can't can't rag on the guy too much. Yeah. Uh, but he uh, is one of those guys that can just hit a ball country mile when he makes good contact. So again, can't rag on the guy too much, but. Again, we're not talking about swing. We're talking about stance, and he is one of the worst. Uh, do you remember Aaron Rowand? Yes. Oof. What was that? If you guys can't picture this, I want you guys to, to go ahead and feel like you're getting in a batting stance with your feet. Look down at your feet. Typically, your toes are pointing parallel forward. And why don't you just take those toes and point them outward like a duck and see how and your knees go out Aaron, that way. And that was Aaron Rowand. That was Aaron Rowand. The weirdest stance I've ever seen. I've never seen outward like a duck ever work. It doesn't make any sense to me, especially for the back foot. That guy was goofy. Let's see. I think this is my last one. Odubel Herrera for the Phillies. Oh yeah, good call. Like, what? What is that? How does this guy <laughs> not have a broken ankle? I don't understand. <laughs> Just way like, open, way open, and he's got his foot. He's like touching the instep of his foot to like the ground, and it it to me just looks like it's a broken ankle every time. <laughs> so I don't understand how he's making that work, but I guess he's making it work. So that's my third one. Numero uno, this one's pretty obvious. Craig Council. If you uh, if you don't remember Craig Council, before he was managing the Brewers, legend as a player, super strange. Wait, Just speaking of the Brewers, up. Nate, do you think the Brewers are making the playoffs? No. <laughs> Just know he's a good manager. I think wanted, he is a really good manager. Just wanted to remind the people of your one of your flaming <laughs> flaming hot takes. We need to get your we need to get your takes sponsored by like Cheetos. Flaming hot Cheeto takes. Like some of your takes really raise some eyebrows. But anyway, back to back to Craig Council. Yeah, well, what can you say? Um, yeah, super strange, weird. The, he like put his hands so high. Like trying if you get in your stance, if you think about this, try to Put your hands so high that your your right bicep is touching your right cheek. That's how high his hands were. And then he like put a little lean back, and that's when you had Craig Council. Weird. So that wraps up our list, I believe, correct? Best and worst? Yeah, man. That is it. That'll do it. Uh, any thoughts? On on the show, any any thoughts on what's going Great on show. in the baseball world today? Great show. Appreciate your creativity. Um, it's good to see moves are finally being made with this Rio Muto guy. It's about time. Tired of hearing about all these teams that are interested in him. I'm glad someone finally pulled the trigger. 
and I'm glad that I can now share something with you that has really been weighing on me a lot recently. I haven't mentioned it to you off air, but it's something that really means a lot to me. Um, and it's something that I think that it, it hasn't only benefited me, but I think can benefit a lot of people. And that is, uh, I know how you can save money on tickets. <laughs> I was actually kind of worried about you. <laughs> I know that, that took a real dark turn. Didn't it? Yeah, I was like, is he okay? <laughs> Are you okay? Are you okay? My guy? Um, <laughs> would you like to know how you can save money on tickets? Um, it's SeatGeek. It's the answer to all your ticket <laughs> needs. Are you looking for tickets? Do you have plans of friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert? Or are you looking months ahead? That I just combined like six words into one. <laughs> or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before they sell out? I haven't been able to successfully read this off all the way through probably like a month. Um <laughs> It's been a while. It has been a while. Yeah, back when you sang Sweet Caroline. Um, with SeatGeek, you can find sure. tickets. With SeatGeek, you can find tickets to games, concert shows, and even theater performances with just a few easy clicks. We're making it even better for you if you're a first-time user of SeatGeek. The next time you add some tickets to your cart, use our promo code DTD at checkout to save twenty dollars. That's twenty dollars, Nate. Instantly, instantly off your first purchase as a first-time user. No, you said it too early. That's all you got to do to save some of that. Cold hard cash. Enter cash, promo. Cash. 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 Promo code. Enter. You're glitching. Enter promo code DTD at checkout. All right, now that we're done with that 25-minute ad read, <laughs> I think we can wrap up the show. Any any closing thoughts? I think I'm going to have Wendy's for lunch now because you, uh, you said the whole mom thing in her collar. Uh, just, it got me thinking about Wendy's. Just subtle, subtle advertising, subtle marketing there. Smart, man. That about does it for me. Anything else? Well, when are you going to purchase one of these uh, spring training hats? I don't need to purchase a spring training hat. I still no. need to purchase a 2018 World Series hat. So, Oh, my God. Let's go. I'm As always, here. thanks for tuning in. We'll catch back up with you guys early next week. According to Nate, a uh, 5% chance that we'll be talking about either Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it and leave that rating and review. Nate. I can guarantee you didn't think about a five for this episode. I can guarantee that you get zero because of your little World Series comment that you just had to throw in there. We well, almost made it the whole episode without talking to the Red Sox. I mean, to be fair, you were asking me when I was going to buy a, a spring training hat, which to me doesn't make any sense because it's like you just won the World Series. So why would you get a spring training hat if you don't even have the World Series hat yet? You can get them at the same place, I'm sure. Go to Lids. I mean, this just seems like a little much, man. I don't. I'm not made of money. I don't. I don't. I don't have the kind of job that you have. I'm not made of money either. I don't have like millions upon millions. <laughs> yeah, I'm living the dream, my man. I'm living the dream. But uh, how many stars should they leave in the podcast? I guess rating five and review. If you want like if if you if, if that's cool, I'd appreciate it. I think I would too. I mean, there's a lot of options that you could give. I mean, you could leave none. You could leave you could leave none stars. You could leave one, two, three, or four, but I mean five is definitely preferred. Five is preferred. I mean, again, you got options to choose from, but I think Nate I think I can speak for Nate and myself when I, I say that five would be the ideal choice. But again, it's up to you. And here's, again, here's what I will say. Here's what I will say is that if you're a regular listener and you haven't left a review, you suck a little bit. Yeah. That's like, what you, I'll say. like you don't suck, but you do suck. Yeah. Like we love How's you. How's that for a hot take? We love you. Suckers. And we're not. Wow. That is a, that's a flaming hot sponsored by Cheetos. <laughs> 
Um, no, but it's like we're always going to love our regular listeners, but if you haven't left a rating and review yet, you kind of suck. Mm-hmm. So there's a simple solution to that. Just don't suck. That's it. Easy. That's a quote graphic. Just don't suck. <laughs> uh, but anyway, as I said, we love y'all. And as always, we're looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.